Good evening everyone. My name is Kimberly Allen and I'm here presenting on question 9. It states how significant is the African American contribution to American philosophy and that I should comment on the contribution of two African American philosophers. Now, the historical development of many countries is based on the invasion of Europeans and slavery. For centuries, Blacks, which are known as Africans and African descendants, have been belittled, scorned, and treated unfairly, which started from the birth of slavery. However, though the belittlement towards people of color, they still manage to contribute significantly to the culture of most countries. America is one such place in which African involvement has played a major role. There are quite a few African Americans who have been remembered through history today, throughout history today, sorry, for their heroism in fighting for the rights and freedom of blacks, such as William Edward Bugart Du Bois and Wishartning W E B Webb Du Bois and Elaine Elaine Leroy Locke. These two are two famous American philosophers. Now I'm going to take you um, through a bit of history of how, you know, Africans, as we all know, each, most countries that have been built up from slavery are tend to have um, half African people or African descendant slaves who were brought upon the land or various territory by European um, colonizers, right? Okay, so during the 17th and 18th centuries, African Africans and African Americans, which we refer to African Americans in this as the Africans born of the new world. So Africans that were born in America. And that is stating, um, as you know, we had, they had slave breeding, um, I had a slave breeding regime where after a few slaves took their lives and stuff, they had to allow slaves to impregnate their one, their one another or slave masters impregnated slaves in order to, to benefit their plantation of such. So let's get back to it. Okay. Good. So the, the, the Africans as I, Americans, as I said, are African born of the new world slaves. They slid away on tobacco, rice and indigo plantation of the Southern seaboard in America, um, according to Lynch. Um, however, um, slavery is it's, it's surprising that in America, slavery was more embedded in the South of America than that of the north for the south um they had huge plantations of sugar and cotton while the north you had a little bit of um slaves there however but you had mostly businessmen who would um invest in huge profits from slave from slave trade over the over in the southern plantation side of America. Um, during the time of slavery in America, the main aim of blacks was to liberate and work among whites, like civilized human beings. Due to the, the, the desperation of freedom, the Africans went as far as to fight amongst the whites 
Whites, which are the Americans, in the American Revolution, which was known as the United States War of Independence. You had about um, five five thousand black soldiers and sailors that um fought for american independence just because they wanted to gain um freedom along to, to to be free just like the whites we are all human beings and we want to be free so okay we will go and fight so after the war ended a few soldiers were given the pass to freedom furthermore those in the north as i said before were not really um hell-bent on slavery like the neighbors of the south so the north had saw it fit to abolish slavery and it caused an outrage for those um it caused an outrage for those in the south they went along to the constitution and and, and argued about the abolition of slavery and stated that this should have never happened until the year 1804 and 1804 so because of this the fugitive slaves had to return to their owners um to their owners okay so in the year of 1808 Thomas Jefferson had abolished slavery and the he had signed the legislation um, a year before this. Um, so, yeah, he had signed the legislation a year before this. Though slavery was abolished, though slavery was abolished, the situation of blacks did not change in the South. Due to their cotton-growing industry, they still had a slave-breeding um, slave regime going on, as mentioned before. Blacks were given laws which was known as slave code. Now, for the slave code, it will allow masters to have complete control over the slaves and the slaves will have to submit. Well, to this, for me, slave code still means slavery because this doesn't even give the slave a life. A freedom so the south weren't willing enough to give up on slavery just yet so the the slaves will have to submit and they were also they were still sold like animals they were also not allowed to have a family education and they had little to no food now that is so you inhumane to the life of a human being not, i'm not looking at color of skin it doesn't matter which race you are the inhumaneness um of what africans went through now for the contribution phase of it before i touch little on those of the america the philosophers side of it you had quite a few african americans or african descendants who contributed a lot to the american history culture which would have stand to the uprise in american philosophy so other than a literal battle for freedom blacks found creative ways of expressing themselves for for freedom through writings musics art music sorry art and dance and even so on a slave a young house slave known as phyllis wheatley um was a slave she was a slave in boston massachusetts who wrote poems about religions and morals we elaborated on the significance of being brought from africa to america and extolled 
Christian to remember that although blacks be black as cane, as I quote, they too can be refined and join the angelic train, as I end quote. Um, to my understanding, what Wheatley is trying to the message that Wheatley is trying to send here to the whites is to state that despite the color of their skin, they too are looked upon by God, in which he can call to be angels along whichever angelic Christian train they were riding against. So it is despite the color of our skin, at the end of the day, we are all humans. Wheatley, however, was the first enslaved African descendant in the United States who took up creative writings and other genres of writing as means of engaging in re resisting oppression and for reclaiming and exercising their humanity through thoughtful articulation. Uh, yeah, according to outlaw, other slaves also took took other slaves also continued. Sorry, the trend in which Wheatley has set the tales of slaves and their pursuit for freedom have continued an extraordinary rich body of literature to be studied for um, the philosophizing born of struggle. Another enslaved um, young man was known as David Walker, who also sent fear across the slaves holding so in, that were held in the South with his article of appeal in four articles. Walker advocated that colored people should rise in armed struggled against this, uh, their oppressors. There are others who fought for black equality, such as Frederick Douglass, who fought for the equality in education, freedom, and justice for blacks, and also Marius, Marius Stewart, who fought for the liberation of women. You could say that maybe I would say that Maria is a feminist. You know, she was there to defend the black African or African descendant um, women and all. But throughout all the American fight for freedom, I have realized that everyone fought just for equality fought to just live normal lives as human beings and as uh, as yes as human beings whether you're africans as i said before you're chinese you're mexican it doesn't matter everyone fought for you for the for, for the freedom for rights to live as civilized human among these whites and throughout all it has caused um it has scarred blacks in a sense that it doesn't really push them most of them would have went um to kill them to suicidal thoughts most of them were trapped in their minds in in, in not allowing themselves to be accepted and all all of that so i'm moving on now to the philosopher the first philosopher i would address i would address is william Edward Bogart Du Bois and he is one of the most famous African-American philosophers in America. Bois was an African-American activist who protested for the blacks in the who protested for the blacks in the United States during the first half of the 20th century. Boyce had many titles to his name. He was a sociologist, historian, professor at Atlanta University in Georgia, an author and also an editor.
as well as a philosopher, as I mentioned before. Um, he had attended the Harvard University, where he had received his doctorate in history for his impressive work titled The Suppression of the African Slave Trade to the United States of America, in which was published a year after. Now, Boyce was so engrossed in empirical inquiries about blacks he dedicated himself to sociological investigation of blacks in america now what boyce did was other than a physical fight boyce let his voice be heard through his writing he has around um, 60 monographs of work in which he has done which have been also influential to a lot of people around the world he started his writing um as as soon as he was able to when he was in atlanta university yes that's where he started his writings the first writing of the when he had published um because he was also a professor at atlanta university right so he took the approach of using his knowledge of social science to combat the issues of african-americans and issues of race racism inequality and all of that but then he soon realized that his tactic of just using his knowledge of social science was not working in in his favor so he then linked his knowledge of such with the tactic of agitation and protest to stand up for blacks with such tactics um boyce made his first approach his first target who was known as the great booker t washington now booker t was an influential leader um at the point booker t's views were that blacks should cover themselves under whites and accept the discrimination um from whites in order to uplift themselves while working working hard to gain economic status now this didn't this only caused boys to gain respect so in a sense it's like boys was working for respect from the whites for himself in which he was advising so maybe he had done that and realized that oh this is working for me so i am going to just do this and advise other my fellow black men to do this however this didn't sit well with um boys so he saw washington view Washington's ways, our view, as a strategy to prolong the blacks into oppression rather than freeing them from such. Boyce was triumphant, though, in paralyzing Washington's tragedy with his book, The Soul of Black Folk, in which he was published in 1903. This then led a division within the black community um, between Boyce and Washington. So you had supporters of Washington known as the conservatives, and then you had supporters of Boyce known as radical critics. Radical critics. So it caused a division. After letting his voice be heard, which is Boyce, Boyce founded the Niagara Movement um, 
movement in 1905 and the aim of this movement was to fight for civil and social rights for African-Americans. Um, it was called the Niagara Movement because um, he had he held secret meetings um, in Fort, Fort Erie, Ontario, which was located near the Niagara Falls with other um, African-American African um, personnel in which they were discussed. However, this movement did not last long as the boys' expectation due to um, internal issues and um, the meddling of his opposition, Booker T. Washington. Moreover, this did not stop boys. Um, he went along to form the movement of the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, which is known as, is abbreviated as the NWACP. Um, this group was based on inter, this group was formed on an interracial um, level. It's an interracial level. So, um, interracial group it's an interracial group that have formed this this movement so the purpose of this movement was to strive for the abolition of discrimination segregation in housing education and um employ education employment voting and transportation also, it goes against racism and to ensure constitutional rights are given to African-Americans. African-Americans, yes. Um, boys in his philosophical period, now moving on to his philosophy. So, boys went through all that, developed all those movements, but in the meantime, he was still doing his writings in philosophy. So, boys saw that the negative problem both from the view of science and experience sonica problems both from the view of science and experience of life he uses his knowledge of social science to analyze the social issues that affect america african americans and which we know the social issues are out into even in today's even in modern society i should say they are still battling such social issues in some states or some states are so racist that black people tend not to go there africans whether they be africans or african-americans which are born americans tend not to venture near there um i've i've experienced not necessarily me though experience well my mom and my sister have experienced such when it was my mother's first time and my sister's first time going to America and they went to look for a sister of mine in um, Miami and when they're coming back they went through a state um forgot the name but when my sister real because they had some connected flight issue and they had to take the bus going to a particular state we'll tell you by the end of the presentation if I remember and they called my sister and told her where they were and she was like no 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 hurry up and leave that state don't stay in there no longer because they don't like black people and all so it, it, it is there today we watch the news we realize how 
you know the, the, the lawlessness you hear oh white policemen butchering black people and all of that you hear all of that it is no blacks are allowed in such restaurants and all this so racism is still there inequality is still there among america and what boys tried to do was lessen that in which i think he had somewhat gain gain um his aim his purpose yes it has contributed a lot to um the state of america even today so as i was saying before so boy saw social problems as the failure of an organized social group that realized group ideals through in ephesus in efficacy to adjust a certain desired line of action to a given condition of life right so uh, this is was according to good williams right so boy saw the negro problem as a failure to enact the idea of incorporating the negro masses into the group of american people into the life of American people, whether through luxurious living or the economic social development of crimes and lawlessness. Boys, boys then um, divided these type of failures into two categories. First category is known as white racial prejudice. And this um, white racial prejudice towards black which is said to be the stereotyping of skin color that did not allow blacks into the life of American nation, no matter their condition. And the second category is the cultural, the cultural blackness of blacks that is considered as an economic disadvantage, right? With ignorance, deficiency with regards to the art of organized social life. His views on this were found in his writing of the soul of the black folk. Now, um, I found this, is his work in this very interesting. It is very interesting and then inspiring in a sense, I say, um, to me. He spoke about in this book, The Soul of Black Folk, where he uh, mentioned that Americans, black Americans, have a dualistic character, right? So black Americans have a dualistic character. He stated that um, in America, I quote, all an African tries to be is black and American is a, sorry, sorry, sorry. So yes, yes, I was on the right track. Sorry. Okay. It stated that in America, all an African tries to be is black and American, which will lead him having two souls, two thoughts, two unreconciled strivings, two wearing ideals in one dark body, which whose strength keeps it from being torn asunder, while the body only seeks equality as black and American. So what is he trying to say here, right? These black Americans, well, 
uh, the African-Americans, the new, the born one, new warring of the new world, or black or Africans themselves who are still living there. Um, what he is saying by this is that the Africans are going through an internal psychological struggle of trying to depict between being an African and an American in which their body, which their skin color, only seeks for equality as a black American. So they will not... Um, detest from the point to say oh i am not black but they are struggling with this ideal so it calls for a, a sense of dualism in the consciousness which some people would say would call it as double consciousness but no for boys he called this as dual he for boys he calls this as um with boys he calls this dualism right so he posit that as i said so for him he knows that many might not see this as dualism but rather double consciousness he states that blacks will always see themselves through the eyes of others while measuring their soul by the tape of the world with contempt and pity um so double consciousness on other hand is a subject in a, in social philosophy which looks at the thoughts of black americans with the struggle of racism boys then further is his views on race as a spiritual race in which are considered white blacks and possibly yellow race i guess um the yellow race are I don't know what he calls yellow race, but for me, when it came to mind, it's like other races outside black and white, right? He posits that human beings can be considered as a spiritual distinct race if and only if the members of that group have common history, tradition, impulses, and strivings. Although being a part of um, that group does not account for the commonness of blood or language. So what is he saying that you can be a part of a race without the similarities to say, oh, I am black, you're black, we're all a part of the black race. Without blood, oh, I speak Creole, you speak Creole, we're all a part of the Jamaican race. We're part what to say because other Caribbean countries speak Creole, right? He's saying that the race doesn't... Um, identify just by the commonness of blood and language right so you can be in american any case say that oh once i'm in america i'm a part of one race i'm a part of this race that is my understanding towards what boyce is saying so um the belief of boys is that each race is constitutively constructed by factors of history and social elements that make a race a race. However, not everybody um, agreed with boys on this. Such person is Kwame Apia, who states that boys' definition of race fails to state the criteria that serves to individuate his spirituality um, of the distinct race instead he believes that there are no race and the nation of racism refers to nothing in this world right so um for up here he states that listen 
race does not exist. And racism means nothing to this world. However, it cannot be the fact where racism means nothing into this world and it has been a factor in every single country around the world. Everywhere you go is either black against white or Mexicans against that, Chinese against black, as we see now happening, happening in today's, today's happenings where, okay, Chinese are raising up against black, which are Africans, mainly Nigerians, and then Nigerian in their country who has Chinese officials there or descendants of Chinese, you know, are skeptics. So it's, it's like a new upcoming war. So instead of um, black against white, it's now an addition of Chinese and blacks fighting against each other now with the whole corona situation in which to my understanding chinese are pointing fingers at the blacks that are living there in china okay moreover bias theories on race have spiked interest in writers such as paul taylor and robert gooding williams who have expounded on the conception of race in their writing Bios linked whiteness with politics. He posits that being white had the advantage of public and psychological waste compensation for low economic wages and the formation of a cross-class political alliance, uniting white workers and capitalists against black. So even those of the low-wage economy had some favoritism just because they're white however blacks were not so much favored for boys now they are moving on to Arlene Leroy Locke for Locke Locke was known as a philosopher and the first Rhodes first Rhodes scholar as well he was such a bright man um, he is the writer and America and an American um, educator as I stated as a philosopher, as well as a philosopher. He is famously known for his movement in literature that restored, um, that resorted, sorry. He's famously known for his movement in literature that resorted in the foundation of the Harlem Renaissance, which is a collaboration of arts, music, poetry, and essays that are done by both whites and black. So what, um, Lane um, Locke did here was to unite while fighting for blacks rights and freedom he did so by uniting both black and whites to work together through the collaboration of art music folklore and all these things literature poems all these writings so Locke graduated from the University of Harvard with a PhD in philosophy. He then worked his way through Howard University in which he was head of department of the philosophy until he was retired, which is around 40 years. Locke's areas of interest in philosophy were theories of value, pluralism and cultural relativism that were reinforced by his work as aesthetics 
on aesthetics sorry lock views this lock views are distinctive to those of boys for lock he did not agree with boys views that the role and responsibility of an artist should be that of black representation since such experience which is black experience might aid with the cause of social upliftment now black is saying um sorry <laughs> boys is saying that Locke should have not combined whites within such movement. He's stating that whites don't have the experience in which black does. So therefore, in order for an artist to expound on his work, it only will come to the old artist. It would only show the experience of black if a black artist um had done this work white cannot experience what black has gone through basically that's what my understanding that what he's saying however this made Locke upset as he saw this as a propaganda and argued that the primary responsibility and function of an artist is to express their own individuality and that the purpose of this is to teach to teach to teach, to, no, sorry. The purpose of this is to reach out to the universal appeal of human beings. So what is um, luck, the aim of luck with this now to combine both race, white and black. He says, each express their own individuality. You know what each person's standpoint is coming from, whether through their work of poem through their work of music, through their work of art. Because remember at the beginning, I said that the North, those of the North were not so hell-bent on slavery like those in the South. So you could say, and then you had a few people in the North that tried to abolish slavery, that tried to rescue slaves from the South. So within all this, Locke used that too. It could be... Um, the experience of those in the north who really did not like the idea of blacks being treated inhumanely, right? So that was Locke's approach. Furthermore, Locke's main work in philosophy was focused on culture and race. His racial view is mainly focused on social and cultural factors than biologic and hereditary. Um, according to Gooding Williams, Locke saw race as a group of people that act as if they belong to a particular identity, while subconsciously they work for the destruction or alteration of harmful racial categories. Right. So for Locke, racial identities were nothing more than a mere understanding of specific culture and historical context in which they were raised. According to Carter. Locke, Locke's approach to philosophy is associated with the philosophical views of pragmatism, right? <clears throat> so, as an American, he, uh, an African-American, he also linked his views, you know, he would link his views to the pragmatist way. His views on value, you know, are of a primary source in the attitudes of human and provides a theoretical account of the formation of functional roles of values. Locke then added that value is linked to emotion and experience. In his writing on axiology, 
he also states that, I quote, the gravest problem of contemporary philosophy is how to ground some narrative, normative principle or criterion of objective validity for values without resort to dogmatism and absolutism on the intellectual plane and without failing into other corollaries on the plane of social behavior and actions of intolerance and massive correction so um what right is um lock i don't i don't know why i'm saying right okay what lock is saying here is that he wants to approach value without the dogmatism as you know um you have as William James would state that he divided um, philosophy into two categories, the tough-minded and the tender-minded. And the tough-minded would come under the characteristics of dogmatism and all of that. So what is he doing here? He said he needs to, you know, forget all of that, approach values of individuality a person's individuality so each of us have our own values and he then linked values to morals to religious beliefs and personal beliefs right he then linked that he said that we should um take on the approach to accept each person of their values he linked also linked values to feelings and he separated um the feelings he state that um, the basic function of values tends to be specific on a social basis with the aim of a goal that might have been modified and adapted over time to be achieved or maintained or maintained. He links such values to the tradition of cultural customs, right? Um, into the tradition of cultural customs, right? So, or... These two philosophers, Locke, no, Locke and Boyce, though they have different views, they still tried a way to find, um, to link and to help the whole racial inequality views of American philosophy to, for the betterment of America and probably to, to be... Uh, example for those out there so out there in the world so the contribution um in ending the contribution of african americans and american philosopher to american philosophy is to highlight the significant role african and african descend descendants made to the growth of america and the suffrage in which they have gone through with the discrimination of race and inequality also to share some insights on values and though and though our values tend to be different we should all accept one another race or not african-american philosophical views has also contributed to the views of africana philosophy and also given hope to the rise of african and Caribbean philosophers to indulge in their own philosophy for whose for for those ancestral stories are quite similar to that of the American. Um, the work of Boyce and Locke has 
also urge other writers you know to look into philosophy of politics philosophy of art and to look into the field of racism to expound more race related issues and valuable topics i mean i knew nothing about um these two philosophers <laughs> right i've never heard about these two philosophers before and doing my research and reading it has given me some form of it gave me a feeling of some form of what you could say what's the word i'm like it gave me a feeling that i matter and though i'm not an american because i realized that every country that has been graced by the presence of Africans have gone through the same thing. Whether um, the co these, these colonizers, whether my country faced the colonizers of Dutch, Spanish, the Spaniards, or the English, or even Portuguese, the, the, those from that side, whether or not were colonizers were different, but they all were colonizers of the West. And it it gave me a sense of importance. Like I'm important to seem to know, just like even Marcus Garvey, to know that for each and every country, we have those who have contributed dearly and is still contributing. Their work is still contributing to the up philosophical uprise because history doesn't go in depth. The subject of history does not go in depth. The subject of history does not go in depth. The subject of history does not go in depth, just as whole philosophy would go in depth to their teachings. Thank you. Turn it off, please. I never know if you are recording.